the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and of course, you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. And after 10 years on the air, we're proud to say that we are still the only show on talk radio that is all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which we know was practically everything. Uh, now it seems like everything is this virus, this virus, this virus. Um, but never before in all of our times, at least that I can remember, has your home or where you live, your abode, has been so precious to people, even though they're happy to get out of them. Um, this has been our safe haven, and that's really what home, homes are. It's everyone's safe haven. Joining us today is um, Stephen Hebert. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Good morning, Dottie. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm okay. I, uh, I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. I'm doing the best I can, as everybody is under these circumstances, and I think the media, I mean, if they would dare to put something that's bright or happy on just once in a while, throw in something good, um, that would be a treat. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, you know, but and, but there is good news. I guess we'll talk about it today. Oh, good, because, you know, I remember years ago, um, years ago, I think it was probably the late, no, maybe it was like 92, 93, I was new to the real estate business, I mean, it's pretty new, and I was only on Long Island, I was running a lot of offices there, and it was a recession, and so the the news was just everything negative, 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 so they used to run an Ann Landers, I lived on Long Island, and they used to run an Ann Landers column every week. And, you know, she would give her advice for whatever people asked. And so everyone read that. And so I took a column that kind of looked like hers right across from her, only I paid for it. And, you know, it said an advertisement in little letters, but people really didn't read that. And I didn't advertise anything. I called it the upside of Long Island because everything was negative. And I would find something positive every week to talk about. So I would talk about our beaches and our restaurants and this and that. And so many people responded so well to that that the paper, that which you know was the Long Island paper still is, said, Dottie, you know, you have to really take it out and put it someplace else and make it really look like an advertisement because everyone's calling us up about that article, that it's good, and we don't want to write, and they didn't really want to write good things. They wanted to be negative. So I can't wait to hear all of your good news. And, of course, everyone knows Stephen 
is a partner in Barton LLC, which is one of the top real estate law firms in New York City, and he specializes in real estate law. So if you have any legal questions or any dilemmas, he's here to help you and answer your questions. So you can call us at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Also joining us today is Alfred Renner, who is the Executive Manager of Sales at Douglas Elliman. Um, Alfred's been in Manhattan real estate probably, I want to say, 20 years, maybe more. And he will be discussing with us the reopening of Phase 2 of New York City and how it is currently affecting real estate. Unfortunately, Ace is away, and so he won't be able to join us. Um, so I'd like to thank, uh, take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for their support of this show. Citizens has opened up COVID-19 Resource Center, and they want you to know that they're there for you. They understand the tremendous amount of financial and personal stress the COVID-19 crisis has caused. Um, if you need relief or have any concerns or questions about your financial situation, you should contact them. Um, it's called Helpful Services and Resources. And it includes economic impact payments, stimulus payments, um, anything you might need to know. And if you don't want to call them, you can get them at www.citizensbank. This is too long to tell you because you're never going to write this down. So if you want to get a hold of them and you can't remember the number or you were driving, just leave a text with us and we'll or tell the um, the radio station and we'll get have someone get back to you. If you have financially any hard payments, you know, hardship payments, you can call them for assistance. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can email me at daddy at daddyherman.com, and we're working on our Facebook page for Ion Real Estate. We have it. We're trying to get it up in shape, and I think the other day, Stephen and myself and Ace, we had a meeting, and love to hear from you on what you'd like to see and what questions you want to hear um, so that it's easy for everyone to get there. With that, I always tell you this, uh, what happened in history on this day. And so in 1871, which is many years ago, the yen became the new form of currency in Japan. And um, in 1927, the U.S. Marines adopted the English Bulldog as their mascot. And the English Bulldog, the little ones, the mini ones, I think are cute. And they're so ugly that they're cute. Um, in 1954, the world's first nuclear power plant was activated. And I guess if it's your birthday, are you a Gemini? Um, I think you might be. Yeah, I think you're a Gemini. Um, and so you share birthdays with Helen Keller, uh, Khloe Kardashian, and Vera Wang, who's a famous fashion designer. So it's summer. We're heading into Fourth of July weekend, which primarily is probably one of the biggest weeks people take off of that week and a lot's going on and you know i'm going to say the city's reopening to to alfred but people really seem to be antsy and I, I i kind of see people kind of getting a little bit sloppy um because they're just anxious uh but at the same token nervous because we're just bombarded with this Negative, negative, and I guess, and I, I'm sure they, they, they should tell us. But I was talking to my friend Stephen, and I was just wondering your opinion, is because I don't want this show to only be about COVID viruses, because hopefully one day this will end, and uh, I want to keep us 
up on, on some of the things that you should know about real estate, but it seems like everything with this virus affects everything because it affects the economy, it affects jobs. I believe the market dropped a bit. Um, what was it, 700 points? I'm not, I can't remember exactly, but it had a big drop. And I was always saying, why is the stock market doing so well? Everything else is kind of, you know, not good. Uh, so everything really, you know, I, I just did an article for somebody for one of the papers on how I see us coming out of this and what I see the future is. And regardless of what I might see, which I'll give you my view, and then I'll ask Stephen to tell you what his view is, regardless of anyone's view or opinion, it is only an opinion because everything is really based on, I think, people feeling safe and somehow getting a handle on this virus. And so, you know, when I heard about Texas and Florida and it was one other state, I can't remember, um, you start to worry and then you hear them say, well, this is not the second round, this is just a comeback. So what are you seeing, Stephen? I'm curious from your end, where you sit with your clients, uh, what are you seeing not only about the city, what you, because it's not about New York City, it's about the world. I just read now that I guess London or... Uh, Britain, they might ban U.S. Um, they might ban U.S. people from going there. Okay, and you know, obviously there's a quarantine. Like if you're coming from any of the states that have a lot of cases, that you know you're going to have to quarantine. Which hopefully people listen to that. I don't know how they can enforce it. But what are you saying, Stephen? I mean, what are your clients saying to you? What are their thoughts? What are your thoughts? I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I there's you know when you have there's a lot of things going on I think and there's a lot of um, questions and when when people have questions they're 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 looking and you know I think one of the key things is having a thoughtful consistent voice and I think clients have been very responsive to that um, the reality is I'll, I'll talk about it from the city and from outside you know things have really you know picked up quite a bit. Um, people are making decisions, and I think people realize, and, if they, and the people who I think are doing very well are the people who are not panicking because they shouldn't, and they will say, okay, we have an issue that we have to deal with. Um, this is something that's going to be with us for a number of months, hopefully on the shorter end, but it could be on the longer end. But either way, I'm still going to plan. I'm still going to make decisions. And, you know, it's interesting on the residential side in the city, in the last week, I've had six transactions where I'm representing sellers, and in every single transaction, there was a bidding war. It's really? very interesting. Yeah. And now, price you know, that might go. With these, uh, yeah, I wanted to just ask you price wise, because of course, I've gotten the calls I get right at the moment, a lot of them are Dottie, if you hear any great deal, let me know about it. Okay. So are so, they just like so, are they a little off asking or are they I mean you know you know there's no so, uh, so the, one size fits all yeah. where Yeah so the, so from a price point they're from running from around 700,000 to about 2 and a half million dollars in that range um so that that's the price range we've been talking about and um and what's interesting is that you know things were priced appropriately and I'll tell you that they went for price points that I would say would be normal market you know, six months ago or so before things started happening with COVID. And, and it showed to me that people realized, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to make a smart decision. I'm not going to make a panic decision. And I think that's very, very important. And, 
you know, and it's not just areas in the suburban markets. It's in the city as well. Um, it's in different boroughs. It's in Manhattan. It was in Brooklyn, uh, Riverdale. So different areas. And then also I want to add that, you know, we've been able to very interestingly make some good progress from some of our uh, business clients in, you know, having leases being addressed and things like that where they're, and, and people working together. So we've had some nice success this week and things getting done and also new leases being done. Look, I don't want to make it seem like everything is normal. Things are not in the usual way, but also people are planning because things take time. Great example, Amazon. They just signed up for more warehouse space. They're making some commitments to hiring because the smart people, the smart businesses don't plan because of a six-month time period. They plan over a multi-year trend, and that's, I think, the key thing um, to consider. That is. Actually, um, while you said Amazon, Google is the sixth largest office tenant in New York City with over 5 million square feet of space. And the purchases that I, you know, um, they have a headquarters on 8th Avenue um, that they bought from billions um, and then they have something on, on in Chelsea Market, which is 75th and 9th. Um, there's just there's a lot of tech, and uh, they Facebook leased 1.5 million square feet of office space across three buildings in the Hudson Yards, uh, which is the latest. Right before the pandemic, it was the newest kind of indoor mall, if you want to say high-end mall. Apple. In 2020, leased 220 square feet at 11 Penn Plaza near Madison Square Garden. Microsoft leased a lot of property. So these are major tech companies. And so as major tech companies start to move into the city, and this has been happening and it will continue, and a lot, of course, their workers don't really have to come in. Um, Stephen, are there any tax incentives to... You know, because I was doing a story for, again, one of the papers or magazines, and I had my predictions. And, of course, I think I shared it with you last week, but I kind of compared it to 9-11. It's different, but um, obviously people left the city, and uh, they were afraid because we were we were uh, expecting a second terrorist attack. Like we had orange alert and we had red alert. And matter of fact, that is actually when I bought Douglas Elliman with my partner, um, during that time, and I remember my banker saying, Daddy, because we'd be in a conference room negotiating or working at this deal, and we'd have to evacuate. It was orange alert, everybody. And he said, Daddy, am I insane lending you this amount of money when we're expecting another terrorist attack here? And I said, listen, if they hit New York again, it's over. I'm going to have arrows that say Hamptons that way. And those people that bought then, and if you if you were familiar with downtown, um, it was I, I'll never forget. I, I there was a Ralph Lauren store right across from the World Trade Center, and somehow when they weren't allowing anybody to go there uh, unless you were the press or you actually lived there, I took a taxi. And at that time, the furthest you could go was Canal Street. I got off, and then you had to do these checkpoints, and I just showed them my license, and I said the press, and somehow they didn't bother me, because it was all how I said it, very confidently. And I stood in the Ralph Lauren building, right across from the World Trade Center, and 
I started to cry. I mean, it was like just a hole, and everything around it was bombarded. There was a little church, though, next to it, and it was really incredibly that that church did not even have a window blown out. And everyone said that's the end of downtown, and look at it today. It flourished. So people that are visionaries and obviously, you know, uh, you know, New York, I believe has been the capital of the, you know the you know the United States no matter what state tries to compete with it and I believe it's going to take us some time but I do believe we'll come back um and that's what I see and do you see similar I I see the same thing I think it'll come back I think it'll come back differently and I think that's also important for people to realize people are used to seeing the same thing and I think what's going to happen is every opportunity there's a metamorphosis, right? It's like the caterpillar going into the cocoon and becoming a butterfly. When you see that caterpillar going into the cocoon, you think, what's going to go on here? I don't see anything much going on. And then all of a sudden it comes out bigger, better, and brighter. Um, I do think you're going to see some disruption. Look, you're going to have some retail stores that are going to have a very hard time. You're going to see some restaurants that we may have loved for years not come back. That is going to be part of it. Um, so I don't want to make it seem that there won't be any bumps in the road. I, there will be, and it will affect businesses. But um, that is part of the, the cycle of change, and and it will come back, and it will come back in, in a different way, and uh, hopefully a st- in a stronger way. Well, if you go through the history of New York, they've been through, well, I think there was a recession in the 90s, early 90s, and then we, of course, had 9-11. Um, and as horrific as that was, and I don't think anybody can forget that, the one positive thing, if there's anything positive, I mean, there's not much you can say about that other than people were united. And I would walk and you would see people just, everyone like just was nice to each other. And, you know, when I'd be driving, there'd be, the American flag, and it would be people who had the American flag out of their car and all those songs that we sang in school that we really didn't care about too much, they were singing you know, on the radio, God Bless America. And it was a, a, a very united time. And so I'm hopefully wishing that, I mean, the virus, we're just going to have to go through and try to please, even though I am in the same place as everyone, I don't. It's been very tough, and it's been tough emotionally. It's been just tough from a lot of aspects. And with the nice weather and with the opening of all of the states, so, you know, and, and you just kind of been cooped up and you kind of just want to get out. But please, you know, I think New Yorkers and uh, New Jersey, and I think we've done a pretty good job about wearing masks and being safe. And I just need everyone to know that you need to continue that. Um, because we, we really don't want to have to go through this a second time in this extent. But I do think that everything comes back. It's just a matter of when, and that's all, in my opinion, depending on this virus. I mean, you know, if we don't have a second wave and things of that nature. But I think you just said things are starting to be normal, but they're not going to be the normal we knew, and that's probably why everyone calls it the new normal. So we'll talk a little about the new normal, and I have some questions that people uh, have asked uh, for Steve. Um, 
and we'll talk about our forecast for real estate financing and what you can do if, if you're a buyer, a seller, even just if you're an owner or you're renting, some of the things that you can do and some of the strategies that you should make in this type of market, which I believe will come back as a buyer's market. We'll be right back, 866-970-9622. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. Well, you know, when I originally called in, I said I was 87 years old and I'm walking around like an 87-year-old guy. <laughs> I said, this can't happen. So when I started on the Balance of Nature, I would say within about seven days, 10 days, I started to feel better. I have more energy now than I can remember. I kind of reached the goal as far as I was dragging around the house and now I walk with a lot more energy. I've heard your advertisements for years, and uh, I've heard the stories, and I was just saying, yeah, I think this is time for me to stop moping around a house and do something. <laughs> and it worked. I'm Within about 10 days, I'm feeling much, much better. Being the fact that it's not medication, and it works that well, I mean, come on. <laughs> you could sell it for something else. <laughs> Seriously, I thought it was going to be so horribly expensive that I couldn't afford it. And these Balance of Nature capsules are so reasonably priced. I mean, I am shocked. When you think about going to a store and getting all the supplements and vitamins and all the things that you need, Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are so much less expensive and so much more perfectly natural. <laughs> I try to eat healthy, but there's no way I can get the nutritional equivalent in my diet that I get from my Balance of Nature. What you eat today determines the kind of cells your body's going to make tomorrow. Instead of eating, you know, 15 pounds of vegetables, you can take this product. And I think in the future, from taking balance of nature, my body's going to be making a lot better quality cells. I'm really excited about this product. You know, you're going to get enough to make a big difference. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code THEANSWER. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Each week, I delve into the minds of some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. From health and wellness, to professional development, to personal well-being, Changemakers join me to provide the tools needed for personal and professional growth, improved health and well-being, and self-empowerment. Conversations with Joan connects the dots between mind, body, soul, and spirit. Start your week on a positive note. Tune in to Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, you can listen to it across all major podcast networks. To learn more about Conversations with Joan or the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand, visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. 
COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With everything in our toolkit working for you digital audio mobile even audience engaging contests and promotions contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com connecting you with new customers It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm here with Steve Ebert, who, and we're discussing real estate and generally the state of the market and the economy and what's going on now because that all affects whether it's stocks, real estate, you know, all the unemployment figures. And I'm pleased that uh, since Ace couldn't be here, Tom Drew is here to answer any of your uh, financial questions. So we have historically low interest rates. We definitely have a pent-up demand because we, you know, when when we were locked down with the stay-at-home orders, um, virtually real estate stopped. We couldn't show anything other than it's virtually. So the summer is kind of like the new spring market, which usually is our – for real estate across the country, it's usually the biggest uh, market. And I think that um, we have, we've had contracts. We've had, Steve, you had a couple of high-end contracts. So did we. But in comparison to the same time this year, no. But at the same token, usually the summer is kind of quiet in the city because people are away. So, uh, this is the new spring, and you mentioned that your deals were like seven hundred. What is it, seven to like a million two, two, two million? Well, well, the deals that got renegotiated when I was on the so. So this group that I'm just talking about, these specific six deals in the last week, were deals I was representing a seller where there were bidding wars on. So it's not the totality, but those are the ones that were just the bidding wars, and the price range was from around seven hundred to about two and a half million. Um, and it was very interesting. Um, well, and, and if I, if I don't want to interrupt you, but just oh, for those of you who don't live in New York, New York City, because every time I go to something that's real estate outside of New York or the New York area, people, when I say the average sales price is a million dollars, they kind of look at me like I'm crazy. So if you relate that to like a national sales market, 700 to 2 million is not high, high end in New York City. I mean, it's, would you say upper? Yeah, I would say if if, if you took, let's say, a, a typical suburban community, um, you know, across America, I would say the comparable price ranges would be between two hundred and fifty to six hundred, seven hundred thousand by comparison. Right. Um, so, for, so that yeah. that we you're seeing the activity in that market, and that's where I'm seeing it. Not the high end, I believe, or this is again an opinion because nobody knows for sure. But my opinion is that will take a bit longer because the demand will be, you know, less there. I think that the millennials, 
who have kids and stuff like that and need to get going or people that have never been able to afford the city. I don't think you're going to steal things at the moment, but you can get some good value. And there's a lot of people that have, you know, were priced out and can see this as an opportunity. So it's you know, Dottie, if I can say, I think you hit the nail on the head with that word value. I think if people see value, they will go forward and if they understand the transaction. And you know what I want to just, and sometimes I like to take a step back to history. For the last two years, what have been people saying? Oh, the suburban markets in the Northeast are going to be dead because of the $10,000 salt tax limitation. Right When the tax law changed two years ago, there was a limit on the property taxes that you can deduct and your income tax. And look at it now two years later. People said that, and then all of a sudden you had a big bump up in suburban purchases. And I think what it boils down to is people, when the rules of the game change, people are not sure what to do. But if they work with the right professionals and understand value, they have no problem making a smart, quick decision. And I think that's it's a, it's an important st- uh, thing to look at because a year ago, people kept them saying the tax deduction limit, the tax deduction limit. Nobody is saying that right now. It's very important to keep that in mind. So, yeah, it's true. And, and, you know, there's such a thing as uh, saying a little risk, no risk, no reward. You know, life living, just living, just being alive is a risk. Uh, you could walk across the street and get hit by it, God forbid, but you could get it. So anything you do, there is some risk. And, you know, they say this is a new normal, but if you traditionally look at real estate over the years, um, and you can go back and you can go to Douglas Elliman's website and get all of our market reports for all of the states that we're in, you would look at real estate and you'd see that over time, even when it dipped, it always came back. And so when people, like I remember in 2008 or 2007, Andrew, you'll remember that it was a whole financial crisis, and people were able to before then get those no income. or you, you didn't have to show how much you made. You just had to have decent credit. How much did you make? Stephen, oh, you made $20 million. Fine. You can qualify. So people got mortgages who really didn't have the money to ever pay them back. And we had that whole collapse. And everyone was saying, of course, it's the end. Everyone, if you look, go back to, I think that was 2007, 2008. And I remember the headlines were millennials will never buy because they've seen their parents lose money because people lost equity. And coupled with the fact that people took a lot of equity out of their homes to refinance, which we can talk about that later. It's great to refinance now. The credit, you know, the interest rates are historically low, but if you pull too much equity out of your market when there was a dip, what happened was people had pulled all the equity out of their homes, and so they got trouble. But they said that millennials wouldn't buy real estate because they've seen what their parents went through with losing equity. Well, by the way, everyone kind of caught up with equity nationally, and millennials as a generation are very real estate savvy, and they do believe in home ownership. And I've always said uh, the American dream of home ownership is always going to be there. I don't think, I mean, at least in my life, I don't think we'll see a day that it's not. So we had, you know, to your point, like last year, and we had like 20, I think over 25 deals 
um, on a weekly basis that were over four million dollars. And so this year, like there was like four. So it's starting to come back. Uh, it is a slow time. A lot of people are away. But at the same token, well, no one knows for certain until I think you see what's going on, you know, in September. And I think that, I mean, Los Angeles, they reported business is starting to come back. Now I don't know um, how that pans out. Uh, Miami, uh, now with all that's going on, I don't, you know, that. People were going to Florida to escape the virus, so now I don't know what's, you know, there. I have my, uh, I have a, a friend that lives in Miami and is in Miami right now, and they said, you know, so they're kind of closing certain, not, not all of Florida, but some of it. Like in Miami, they're closing some of the stores that, they're, that they opened, they're just closing, and some of the businesses that opened, they're closing. Um, so that's why I say to everyone, don't rush to take the masks off, even though they're a pain in the neck. I don't know how anyone breathes in them. It's hard for me to breathe in them. But don't take off the mask and practice social distancing, even though it can be cumbersome. Because we don't, I think New York, weren't we the highest hit? And this area, Jersey, New York, we're down to the lowest amount of cases now, I believe. And I hope that that stays that way. Now, what do you think about, Stephen, the quarantine that, that, they put on that, you know, for New York, I believe New Jersey and Connecticut will require certain out-of-state visitors to quarantine for two weeks. What do you think about that? Yes, yeah, so, so the, the three governors, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, a while back agreed to sort of treat themselves as one region, which makes sense, right? Whether you live in Long Island or Westchester or, or Fairfield County, or northern Jersey, you're sort of in a, the broader New York City area. So even though it's three states, it's, it's, it's one area. Um, and they're allowed to do it. You know, it's based on, you know, a health, safety, and welfare standard. Um, so it's unusual times so that they can do it. Um, I, I think, you know, I think what, what's happening is there's a little bit of grasping at straws, though. All right? It's a little bit of we see a, a, a flash up here. We're not sure so we're going to have a very broad policy. Would I like to see a little bit more of a measured policy? Yeah, would I like to see, you know, the governors of the three states reach out to their governors and say, let's have a plan together so that way we kind of know what the standard is, because it will be very disruptive. One of my colleagues has a bunch of cases around the country. And now he, he doesn't know what to do, because if he goes to some of those cases to do the depositions and go to the trial, he may be stuck there. Or if he comes back, he may be stuck in his apartment. So it causes all that. sorts of disruption in, in different ways. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to continue that. You know, I, I think we have a break coming up, so we'll continue talking about the pluses and the negatives of putting this quarantine on people who are coming to New York from states that have high cases. We'll be right back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate, 866-970-9622. We'll be right back after the break.
Planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Need a will, trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you and me plan their estates and protect their families for 40 years. Talk with Mike Connors in a free, comprehensive telephone consultation to see how he can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. Have all your questions answered from the security of your home during these difficult times. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Now is not the time to put it off. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free telephone consultation with Mike Connors himself. 718-238-6500. or visit connorsandsullivan.com. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m., you won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8.30 on AM 970. The Answer. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com, and then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. Trial lawyers are in the business of persuasion. They defend us and they defend our rights when we've been wronged. So why don't they persuade the public of their value when politicians trash them in the press? This week on Champions of Justice, Tom Girardi and David Lira put the question to the president of the International Academy of Trial Lawyers, Chris Searcy, and you'll get a new appreciation for these barristers of freedom. Join us. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, Stephen and I were talking uh, a 
about the uh, the order that I they they put out that people will have to quarantine before they come back to New York if they are coming from a state that has high cases or maybe it was the cases that were really going up. And I thought, you know, right at, off the bat, I said, oh, well, that's pretty good because, you know, we don't want to get, we did so well on getting the cases down. We don't want to have all come back. But now Stephen points out the other side of that, and there is always another side of that. So what were you saying before the break, Stephen, that it, the disruption can cause it, it, a you know, it's a, it's a, it can be a big disruption. I'll give one example. I was talking to one of my partners over at the law firm, and he focuses on litigation. And he's got cases all around the country. And some cases are in quarantine states and some are not. So he's now put in a terrible position, and so are his clients, where if he goes to certain trials and he does them personally, then he may now be impacted and unable to represent other clients in other cases that are subject to quarantine. So it can be a real mess. I mean, we have other situations, but also want, want to get Tom's opinion. I, I know Tom uh, is a regional VP of Citizen who is covering with ACE being out today, and I can only imagine when you have, you know, you're lending in 50 states, you have offices in different locations on, on the disruption potential for a bank when that happens. Yeah, hi, Stephen and Dottie. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Um, it was, yeah, it's tremendously disruptive, uh, but obviously technology has helped bridge the gap uh, with almost 100% of our staff working from home uh, during this time. And uh, so we still found a way to get business done and, and close loans. So, um, you know, safety is paramount in this case. And I look at it from the business perspective, but also on the you know, health and safety side, my wife is an operating room nurse, and she saw the worst of it, you know, where hospitals were at capacity or beyond, and they were putting people in parking lots in tents. And so, you know, I think you have to take it seriously that uh, we hope to never get back to that point. And so there definitely has to be a balance. And um, But I think businesses are finding a way. They'll um, do what they need to do and do it safely here in New York. And I think that's yeah. we're making a, sort of a great example for the rest of the country. Right. And I think, Tom, to your point, uh, the millennials really did not want to be at work every single day and work 20 million hours away from their homes. And I knew uh, some of the women I know said, I'm not going to be what they call a golf widow because their husbands were playing golf all weekend. Um, so the trend really had started already where people wanted flexible time, they wanted, you know, and they wanted time off if they had children. So, you know, and people didn't want to be in the offices. So I think this just expedited that, and I don't think that trend will ever go back. I think, and I know that I read a survey that when they polled, you know, I forgot how many people, people said, you know, they wanted the best of both worlds, where they wanted to once in a while come to the office because there's a certain energy that I think that you get from being face-to-face with people that I don't find you get over Zoom or all those things that I've been on, like I'm ready to kill myself already, especially if there's a lot of people on them. Um, So I think they want a combination, but I think that trend is here to stay. Uh, But now we're talking about the quarantine, and... Stephen, here's the question I want to know. How do they – like, they, somebody sent me a text, like, oh, here's how you, they track you. And they said, go to uh, privacy if you have an iPhone. They would tell me, well, how do they know? I mean, hopefully people would be on their honor, but I don't quite believe that. 
everyone will do that. So how do they really know if somebody is not? Following the yeah, no, that, it, it's it, it's a it's a great question. So there's some of the obvious stuff, like if you fly in from an airport. Um, but one example, and this is where it can create a lot of issues. And you know, for example, is somebody who has license plates out of state. Like we have a lot of clients who split their year between New York and Florida, the snowbirds, right? Right, and, right. And a lot of them have Florida license plates, but they may have been in New York now for like three, four months. Some of them came back up before things broke out. And so now a police officer might say, oh, Florida license plate, let me pull them over. Um, but that doesn't mean they've been in Florida. So, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit tough. Now, on the cell phone, that's a fascinating area. And it that's is. Been, and, 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 and some countries have been doing this. Korea was doing it. Israel was doing it. A few others were doing it where they would have apps from the government that actually you say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to keep track of where you are so that if you do become COVID positive, we can know where you've been and basically figure out where and who, where, where areas might have an exposure spike. Um, that's a very, very sensitive question because now you're really getting into the fundamental fight of really two issues, privacy and liberty versus health, safety, and welfare. welfare. And it doesn't get more raw and more foundational of a legal fight between those two. And I, I think it depends who does it, right, if a state is doing it or the federal government's doing it. Um, and But tracking you is, is a very big issue. Most of the well, it ways is a big done, issue. Yeah. But as you said, I, I think and I said on a prior show that while I was still in the city, like before I left the city to get away, but I – was at a restaurant, and I was waiting uh, for a table with some of my friends, and this girl and her husband were next to me, and they said, we were talking about the virus, and this was probably in February, right before it really exploded in March. And they said, you know, we have a doctor who's a friend of ours who's a doctor in Italy, and if you guys all recall, Italy has gotten hit before we did. And they said, if you don't want to end up like Italy... And they showed me his text, and it said, if you don't want to end up like Italy, you need martial law, which they can force you to do things, and obviously you have to have oxygen. Because they said that a lot of people died because they couldn't get oxygen in time. So with that, you know, uh, before there was a run on it, I made sure to get oxygen. I didn't know you needed a prescription, but you do, and you can get it like in a little, it looks like a little briefcase, and you and put it actually in your cigarette lighter in your car if you had to get to a hospital and you can't breathe. However, that is really, and there's no right, you know, you know there's no real right answer, but in one way I think it's a good thing because we don't want to get it all back. And the second thing is I think that they can't enforce it, or I don't know how they will enforce it. And those tracking systems... It is my belief, and this is only an opinion for everybody, but, you know, I'm on a lot of social media, a lot of sites, and a lot of them really, you know, have, you know, all your information, and they really can know. And I do think that now I think it's voluntarily, because if there's a setting, and I will tell you next week, because I forgot it, but we will tell you next week, but if you, if you do own an iPhone, if you go to uh, privacy, then you have to go to something else, there's a button, and you wouldn't even know the setting exists. And if you have it on, they can, they'll be tracking you already. Now, I know, Stephen, to your point, they've been advertising these apps 
and I even saw it on the news that are tracking apps, and those are for people who are voluntarily, because in Douglas Elliman, which is a big company, um, the human resources people told me when this first broke out that if a person gets the virus, it is really solely up to them if they choose to tell people that they have it. So in other words, if you, God forbid, get the virus, if you don't choose to tell anyone and you don't choose to tell your friends that you were with the day before or a week before, you don't have to. And, I, you know, that gets into what you're saying, which obviously that's the freedom that we have in America, which we cherish. But the same token, I almost think it's not fair. And they were saying just last night, or I read it somewhere, that with these apps, they're really not reliable yet. But now, if they get them to be better, they instead of having to remember who was I with, who did I speak to, who did I hang around with, and you don't know exactly what when you contacted the virus, they'll be able to, from your cell phone to know, you know, what you've done, who you've done it. So I don't know. I think there's pros and cons of it. I don't know how that'll end up. But right now, uh, remind me, Stephen, if we tell, I'll tell you where the what to do on your on your phone if you want to be tracked. Uh, and what settings that if you don't want to be tracked, at this point, you know, you can make sure that the tracking is not on. But it's kind yeah, of and, and Dottie, you make a great point. There's a big difference between if there was a government app versus a private app. And if people voluntarily to a private company wish to give that up, two private parties c- can do that. The thing that gets makes that sound very simple and easy and nice, which and the reality is a little bit different, is that most of the apps now, to make them work, are requiring you to give up something. So if you want to get that app to do that service, you got to give up something. And that's really, I, I think, one of oh. the great debates that we're going to be having as a society in the future. I have it. Uh, one of the, our colleagues who works with us on the show, just he's listening to the show. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, so he just heard it, so he wrote, Dottie, go to settings. So if you, go on your, if you have an iPhone, if you go to settings, and then you go to privacy, which, you know, you'll find, and then you go to health, and then you will see. Uh, it, it, you will see uh, health. There's a heart, and it, as apps request permission to update your health data, you will be added to this list. So, uh, you know, who knows? That might become a new reality at some point. But right now, I agree with you. If you volunteer to do that, uh, then great. Okay, then, but but I, do, I don't know how, how I feel about people who are not really required to tell the people around them that they got sick. Well, and that's the thing about in real estate. We get so much data, right, when you think about it. So, I mean, oh. here you're picking on a great example of health. But when I think about it, I know I've mentioned this before, the importance of data privacy. On every single closing, and, and, and Tom knows with the bank they have to, we're seeing tax ID numbers, people's addresses, identification, banking information. And so it's just so important that you work with a trusted party and they have the right procedures in place because there's just so much personal information and, and it's a little too easy for people out there to get that. So it's real important. Truthfully, Stephen, I, you know, I have those, all the apps that supposedly protect your data, especially with Douglas Elliman. We certainly, however, it's just, again, opinion, not a fact. I don't know how you feel, Tom or Stephen. I really think that if you're in today's age and you're like on social sites and this and that, 
um, if somebody wants to hack and get your information, I mean, I just think that, you know, that's, you know, for all the good things that the Internet and that's all brought to us and how really it's made the, the world much smaller, you know, because we can connect with everybody, uh, I think that there's a pros and cons of everything. I, I don't know. Do you think you could really prevent that from happening once you give out that? Unless you never go on a site or you never put a charge card and buy anything online. I mean, I don't know how you, you know, they have a lot of apps. I don't know how, you know, I think some good hackers could probably get that. Not, not that I think. Well, I think so. hackers, are, hackers are becoming more and more creative at uh, trying to get your information you know, to mimic other sites or, you know, send emails that looks like it's coming from someone you know. and Or, uh, you know, there's just multiple ways that they're trying to attack to get information, you know, from consumers, from companies. So, right. uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's... So how do you avoid that now? I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're in today's world, I mean, how do you really, how do you protect yourself? You, you shouldn't open things that you don't know who they're from. I mean, that's one tip. Uh, Steve or Drew uh, or Tom, do you have any advice on that? I mean, yeah, and and Tom, if you want to talk about some of the things the bank does, I know a lot of times when I have clients who are buying, they love the convenience of online portals and apps of getting the information so they don't have to meet in person or deliver packages of papers. But if you want to talk about so that way they can feel more comfortable, like what what protocols and some of the things that you guys are doing as citizens to to protect borrower data. Good point. Yeah, Good absolutely. Point. It's uh, yeah. I mean, we use you know cybersecurity, you know, very high uh, level encryption, uh, confidential emails that require uh, passwords with uh, you know double protection on there. So, and that's the only way we would exchange any type of personal information with someone is as long as it's over those um, secure uh, emails or other portals that we have that customers can go into and upload their information. So it's extremely secure. Our cybersecurity team is is now becoming one of the biggest departments in the entire bank. And, really? um, you know, they constantly, yeah, no, it's incredible. They constantly test the employees with um, almost fake emails or things that are made to look or to mimic something else that you would think, oh, I know this person, let me just download. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, the screen changes and cybersecurity is like, hey, you've been had, like, you know, this was, they test, they constantly test the employees to make sure they're aware of the dangers that are out there. And if yeah, we see something that and, and, seems fishy, we, we, can, we can report it as well. Right. And don't answer, and like, you know, if you see an email that says, you know, that, you know, you don't, if you look at the website, because sometimes there's a name that's close to something you know, um, check, call the bank, because the banks and Social Security and all those kind of places don't really ask you online for information. And unfortunately, I think they prey on sometimes older people or people that are home and uh, have, you know, want to talk to someone. So be very careful with that uh, because everyone's online now and that can really cause you a lot of heartache. We're going to take a, a break for the 11 o'clock news, and we're going to speak to Alfred Renner, who is a VP in New York City on Madison Avenue, and the city just reopened for real estate on Monday, and we can talk a little about what's happening there and what's happening, of course, the company 
Um, Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.